this church exists for people like that. I've seen that video before, but it still gets me. It's why we're here. We exist for the Alma Garcias and the families that do not know Jesus. That's why we do what we do. If you're a guest of ours here today, you need to know something. People matter to us because they matter to God. And that is why we do whatever we need to do to introduce them to Jesus. Have you enjoyed this series? Man, it's been absolutely incredible. We've been taking some of the greatest hymns of the faith, and I know that we could go from now to eternity. And, uh, and who knows, we may come back and hit some of these from, from time to time, but these have absolutely just been incredible. We pray that you've been encouraged. We pray that it is reminded, I know it's reminded several of you of, of, of just some great memories that maybe you've had growing up, some great experiences. And uh, today is, 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 is another one, you know, as we talk about and as we've already sang about the old rugged cross. The old rugged cross, you know, as you pull onto our campus, that's the first thing you see on our campus. You know that, right? We have a cross that is about, I believe it's 26 feet, excuse me, I think, believe it's 19 feet tall. Somebody take measure that. I know that there's about seven feet of it that are buried uh, underneath the ground that we can't see. But the very first thing that we put up after we fenced off these 30 acres is we put up the old rugged cross that you see out front. We, we, we've wanted this, and we've known that this land has been ordained by God from the very beginning. We, 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 we know that this is a gift and it's a blessing from him, that God has protected this property for, I believe, for his house to inhabit it one day. And so there was no greater project that we could construct from the very beginning than to put the cross of Jesus Christ up to put a stake in the ground for for our community to see as as they drove past it. And it's really incredible for me to hear stories. People said, you know, we saw that cross. The cross was up for for over a year, I believe, before we ever broke ground or did anything out here. Just said, what was going to happen out there? What was going on? We didn't know. We didn't know. We thought it was going to be a Walmart or something. (laughs) They didn't say that. I made that up. But what was going to happen out there? I remember stories of, of people, motorcycles, pulling over and, and taking pictures. We even had someone place a Bible in a Ziploc baggie out on our fence post. And people would pull over and pull out the Bible and read it and, and highlight things. It's just this land from the very beginning has been committed and set aside for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be proclaimed. And so a lot of people say, hey, where, how come your church doesn't have a cross? I'm like, are you kidding me? Can, can you not see it when you pull in and when you pull out? And the cross serves as a great reminder, not only to this community as to what this house stands for and what it represents, but today I pray that in our few moments together, that it would remind us of what it means for us. In a broken, lost, hurting world, the cross still stands, doesn't it? And it offers a message that, let's be honest, more people need to hear. Are you with me? I heard a story a while back about a cross 
that somebody stole. Somebody stole the cross. Go figure. This missing cross was a six-foot-tall metal structure, and, and it was embedded in rock and concrete. So it wasn't some small feat, some easy task for the criminals to take. This cross was perched high on on Sunrise Rock in the Mojave Desert. Now this cross was actually placed there by by veterans. Uh, Veterans of our our military actually placed this cross there to to honor those who, who died fighting for our country. That's a good thing. To honor those that gave their lives for our freedom. And wow, that cross had had been there for 75 years with no problem. But suddenly, problem. People who didn't want it there argued against it all the way to the Supreme Court. And for the time being, the, the justices said that it could stay. But then somebody just went up there and they stole The cross, it's crazy. I'm just telling you, if somebody steals that one, I may have to pull off the pastor robe for just a few moments. (laughs) You know, as I hear that story, there's something that is more troubling that, that strikes me. You see, the cross has gone missing a lot of places these days. Places that, let's just be honest, they, they, they matter a lot more to God than some mountainside in the desert. You know, I've listened to lots of sermons over the years. I, I, I've heard many, many Christian radio programs. And sometimes I've heard little or nothing about Jesus' cross. I've heard lots of Christian talk about how to have a great marriage or or how to raise your kids or or how to manage your money or or how to have a good self-image, but somehow they never mention the cross. I've heard some great Bible teaching that was very deep and and it was powerful, but the cross was, was on the margins or not even on the page. And we'll talk a lot about important things in, in places like this. And, and, and believe me, they are all important. We'll, we'll talk about things like justice for the oppressed. We'll, we'll talk about having compassion for the poor. We, we'll talk about it and even give you guys some things that will help your families. And, and believe me, God cares for all of those things. But we never need to forget to talk about God's game changer for a sin-broken planet. And church, that's the cross of Jesus Christ. Sadly, I I think a lot uh, of us have forgotten the cross. And sadly, I think a lot of lost people that I've known over the years for a long, long time I look back at my life and I've talked to them about so many other things in life except for the cross of Jesus. My best friend comes to my mind that I grew up with in high school. Actually, middle school and high school. Lived right across the street from me. And we would spend hours upon hours 
shooting hoops in the driveway, listening to the Gap Band. Oh, yeah, you dropped a bomb on me, baby. And we would listen to the Sugar Hill Gang, and we would just sweat and play, and we'd talk about so many other things, trips to the Dairy Queen and, 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 and all of those things. And I look back over all of those opportunities and times that I had to share with my friend about the cross of Christ, and I didn't. Yeah, he knew that we went to church. He knew where I would be Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night because that's what all good Christians do, right? He knew what we represented. He knew that we prayed in our home. He knew that Jesus reigned, but not once do I ever remember talking to my buddy about the cross of Jesus Christ and what it meant. It wasn't until after my freshman year in college that I went back home and, 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 and mom cooked dinner. You know, that's what you do when you're in college. Anytime you can get back home and, and have your laundry done in a home-cooked meal, it's, it's worth a trip, isn't it? And mom, listen, I, as we come and eat, mom, I, I just can't, can I invite my buddy over? And I'll never forget, as mom's preparing tacos in the kitchen, sitting on the back porch and for the first time in seven years telling my friend about the cross and about Jesus and asking him finally do you know my Savior? I am so thankful that over those seven years that something didn't happen to my friend, I am so thankful that I had that opportunity to finally just step out and share with him. And oh, it wasn't easy and I was shaking. I could stand in the batter box and face a 90 mile an hour fastball and not be terrified. But me sharing my faith and about Jesus with my friend was one of the most nervous times of my life. But I did it. I think a lot of you are like me, aren't you? We can get with people that we know, friends that we work with, and and we can get with buddies that we play golf with and drink beer, and we can talk about so many other things in life, but you've never taken the time to tell them about the cross and about Jesus. Am I just talking to myself today? You see, too often we Christians talk a lot about our church. We talk about our faith. But we don't talk much about our Savior. Oh, yeah. Somebody has stolen the cross. They've stolen the cross from our conversations. They've stolen the cross from our ministries. Maybe even from the center of our hearts. And I know who took it. I I know who stole the cross, it's, it's the one in John chapter 10, verse 10, that Jesus called the thief. You see, John 10, 10 says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Can I just tell you, the devil hates the cross. Because as the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He, Jesus, shamed them publicly by his what? 
his victory over them on the cross. And I don't know what the cross means to you, and I don't know what you think about whenever it's hanging up here. But I'm telling you, I see a symbol of victory. I see something that the devil himself despises because he knows that he was whooped on the cross. He thought he had it. He thought he had won. But oh no, just a little time later, my Savior came off of that cross and he came out of an empty grave and he stormed the gates of hell and he took the keys so that all of those who have a relationship with him will now spend eternity in heaven with a Savior. Amen? You know. You know Satan's death warrant is signed. It's signed in the blood of Jesus. He knows the power of that old rugged cross. The oft-quoted Christian great pastor, writer, speaker, Charles Spurgeon. He called the cross God's magnificent magnet. A magnificent magnet. You see, in John chapter 12, verse 32, Spurgeon knew this. He had read the words that Jesus said about his cross. And Jesus said this, when I am lifted up from earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Is that not a magnificent magnet? When I am lifted up from this earth, I will draw everyone to myself. So it's no wonder to me that Satan says, hey, go ahead. Talk about everything you want. Just don't mention that cross. <laughs> go ahead and talk about your church. Go ahead and talk about your faith. Go ahead and talk about your family values. But hey, don't you mention the cross. You see, the enemy of our souls, he knows the power and he does whatever it takes to erase the cross from our view. Now, veterans are outraged that that cross in the Mojave Desert was stolen from that hill. But church, can I tell you something today? We should be outraged. You see, we've allowed Jesus' cross to be stolen from the center of our hearts. We've allowed the cross of Christ to be stolen from our ministries. We've allowed the cross of Jesus Christ to be stolen from our conversations. Do you believe there's still power in that cross? Do you believe that the cross is still a magnet for the lost and hurt and broken in our world today? I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. <clears throat> but we who are being saved know that it is the very power of God. I'm so glad that this church is not afraid to talk about the cross. It's through story after story like that of 
Alma Garcia that people are experiencing the wondrous effects of forgiveness and grace and mercy that flows, that is poured out from that old rugged cross. It's the very reason that we will gather in two weeks down here at the river to experience believers' baptism as those who have been to the cross, those who have looked upon it and said, surely he was the Son of God, and I need that Savior to come in my life. As they stand in the Guadalupe River, and as they declare in front of a multitude of witnesses, Jesus is Lord And as they follow his example through scriptural baptism, that's why this church exists. It's for people like that. You see, this morning your children are are hearing about the great love of Jesus extended to them at the cross. Our students are are led to the cross of Christ each week and they worship a great Savior who gave them his life. Listen, men and women such as Alma Garcia through Radiant, the Radiant Sisterhood, men and women, men through, man, you, let me hear you dudes. Men and women are, 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 are growing. They're, they're hearing about Jesus Christ. They're, they're being challenged to surrender their lives and their families. They're being challenged to surrender their all to the one who conquered death and the grave and who is the only king who would ever give up his life willingly for someone. He's the only king who willingly laid down his life so that others might live. Come on, church. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the old rugged cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. Somebody ought to stand in this house and give honor to the king who gave up his life. Listen, you can sit down. I'm not finished. I'm just getting fired up. Church, listen. I need to be as passionate about elevating that cross as the world and the devil are about eliminating it. And I think it's so easy for us to hide for fear of offending anyone. That's crap. I'm sorry. Sometimes I just don't know what's going to come. That's not in the script. But isn't it what it is? We're so afraid of lifting high the cross of Christ for fear of offending someone, of being forceful and pushy. Do we not believe that this symbol is the hope of the world? Uh, Aren't you thankful that somebody took the time to explain it to you? Why would we stop 
talking of the old rugged cross. Why would we cower in fear? Do we not believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? If Satan knows that he's defeated here, why would we walk around feeling like we're defeated? No, we are the victors. We're the victors. I believe today that God is looking to us to see if the cross of Christ is imprinted in our hearts and in our lives. You know, the early Christians clung to the image of the cross because it helped them remember Jesus. And listen, they did not see him still hanging on the cross, but they viewed it as a symbol of God's eternal love and forgiveness. You see, for twas on that old cross, Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me to me the cross is not the end or the final word on the state of mankind but it was a necessary step that had to be taken by Jesus before God's salvation could be fully realized by all who would come to love and worship him you see there is no way say no way There is no way for you to come into the presence of an almighty God in heaven. There is no way for you to have a relationship with him. There is no other way for you to spend an eternity in heaven with him without the cross of Jesus. It's not about you being better. It's not about you giving more. It's not about you attending more. It's not about you reciting rote more and more. It's about the cross of Jesus and what you will do with it. Will you receive this gift of love? You see, early Christians came to understand that Not only was the cross a place where Jesus suffered and died, but it was also a symbol of their need to lay aside pride in anything that separated them from the love of God. And so it is the same for us today. When we take up the cross of Christ, we crucify all that we are apart from Jesus. We live for him and we live for him alone this is our glory and you see the empty cross represents our crucified life and so church may we never forget the cross and what it represents for a lost and broken world hey church may we never stop sharing its story of suffering and shame but also of forgiveness and purification. May this church always, always lift high the cross to a broken, hurting world. Hey, 1910, may we continue to go after people that are far from God. May we continue to go and find them. And then let's restore them to the one. Let's bring them back into the relationship with the one who gave his very life for them. That's why this church exists.
That's why we're here. That's why we have this building. So that we can continue to bring people into the house. To encourage them. To disciple them. To share with them the love of Jesus. We gather in this house to pray for the lost and broken in our community. We we gather in this house, that's why we have this building, so that people know that if I need something, I can run to the house of God and needs are are met. That's why we have this building. So that Alma Garcia's can come and sit in a lady's Bible study and pray and give her life to Jesus Christ. That's why we have this building so that in just a few weeks, this house will be packed with students, with teenagers in 7th grade through 12th grade that will be worshiping their guts out. Because they believe that the Savior that died on this cross is worthy of worship. And oh yeah, many of them will come to the cross for the first time. That's why we have this building. You see, this building stands as a symbol of hope in this community. Just as the cross of Christ is the hope for the world, I believe that 1910 Church stands as a place of hope for the lost and hurting and broken. Are you with me? That's why we're going to go to the town square this afternoon. And that's why we're going to blow things up, not blow them up, but inflate them. And that's why we're going to cook things and have music and and, and we're going to paint faces and and we're going to sweat and we're going to shake hands and hug people and we're going to smile and we're going to put our Savior on display because we believe that He's worthy. In a world where people are looking for a Savior to follow, hey, listen, we know who He is and that's why we're taking Him to the plaza. And that's why today that before we let you go, we bring our best to the house. That's why we've been praying for the last three months. God, how can we finish strong what you started at creation? Not three years ago. But this plan was set in motion when God spoke this world into existence. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God knew we would be here today? believe that God knew we would be jumping in on the town square today? He did. And so today we have an opportunity to be a part of something that has been God's plan all along. To bring a financial sacrifice to the Lord above and beyond our regular giving to help finish this part, part of his vision for this house many of you have been praying about God what can I do God what role do you want me to play I think we've all been the recipients of God's blessing in this house today through an act of worship can we bring it and lay it 
at the altar. You know, this is not something we made up. Even in the Old Testament, when the house was being built, the people brought everything they had, the very best they had, and they laid it at the altar of the Lord. Scripture says that they brought so much that they had excess. They had more than enough. Do we believe that God brings more than enough? He does. And so here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship. And as the Spirit of God directs you and guides you, you bring it to the house. lives that have been changed for the lost that have been found for those that were found that were just stagnant and they've been awakened to a relationship with you God I want to thank you for this house for what it stands for not only in this community God but in your grand scheme for the world Father I pray today that we would bring our best to you why not to satisfy a commitment that we made but we bring our best because you're a good good father it's who you are and Lord we are loved by you and you're worthy and so we bring it to you 